hey, it's the Great Debates. Yes. <laughs> yeah, okay. All right. I remember how remember to do the, this. Remember the Great Debates? What I remember is we just dive right in. We don't have a lot exactly. of... Exactly. That's, That's what I was kind of getting at here. And so we're going to do that. I'm going to put four minutes on the clock. Uh, I open my calculator, as I often do. Uh, and... Um, we're going to debate the following topic in which Steve Healy is taking the pro. This topic submitted to us by listener at WXYZAC. Thank you, friend, for sending this in. Uh, Healy, are you ready? Absolutely. Always. Okay. Relief is a top five feeling. I'm Steve Healy. I'm taking the pro. Guys, let's make a list. Make a list with me. True, genuine joy. That's number one. Sexual release, obviously. The orgasm, number two. Uh, The love feeling, uh, nice love. I guess we could call that joy, but also that. Laughing with your friends, that's four. And number five, of course, is the relief. Oh, my gosh, it's such a good feeling. (laughs) Even the word itself, the sound of the word summons the feeling. Really, I'm so relieved. It's one of the better words in English for sounding like what it is. And relief is definitely a top five feeling for sure. Think of the last time you were really relieved. You thought you were in big trouble. You were going to be late for an important meeting and then you weren't. You uh, thought you were going to go to something really annoying and then you didn't have to. Something really bad seemed like it was going to happen and then it all worked out. One of the greatest feelings in the world. Relief. Top five for sure. Well, I'll turn it really, over to Dave for- to attempt to attack that. You forgot one. Ah, oh, ah oh, is a top five feeling. It's so much better than relief, the feeling of awe. Which would you rather be standing in front of the Grand Tetons and fe- experiencing that rare sensation of awe or have a whatever it was, a meeting canceled or whatever it was that you said? This is the problem with relief is that it's always tinged with a negative quality. You could, first of all, you could only get to relief through a certain amount of either anxiety or pressure or buildup of a negative feeling. So what really you're experiencing is just sort of the relief of that negative feeling. It's not an actual positive feeling, I would submit. It's just the removal of the bad thing that you went through to get there. In fact, if I had to ask you, like, would you rather have, like, what what was the example you gave? Sorry, that you thought there was going to be a meeting or something dumb like that? Yeah, you're in big trouble. You're really late for a meeting okay. with your boss. You thought you were in, he turns great. out to be okay. late. You thought oh, you were going to be in big trouble for a meeting. so good. Which I'm would, feeling good just thinking about it. Okay. I, which would you rather go through the misery of like worrying about it and then have the relief or be told up front, you're, everything's going to be fine. You're not in any trouble. Obviously, you take the second one because the relief of having the anxiety removed isn't worth it. It's not that great. It's just like you're back to the status quo, if anything. That's not even, like, who even wants that? You're only experiencing relief if you've gone through something that you don't want to go through to begin with. Whereas awe, again, I mean, how is that not a top five? It's a, I'm it's a just winner. chomping, waiting to get back in there because, okay. Go ahead, so talk, many things to talk about. First of all, relief, the the... the 
aspect of relief, relieving you of a negative experience is so much a part of the good feeling of relief. That's so crucial. It's the because, only like, feeling, man. It's all, the, the, it's all relief's mix, got. Tell the, me something else that it's got going for it. The of taking away, the reminder of the badness of life mixed in with the goodness of life, that's part of the beauty of relief. Now, awe, I think awe is actually, I'm not even sure awe is a top 20 feeling. I think awe You're is out of your extremely mind. overrated your mind. feeling. Come with me, listener, come with me. Think about this. Like, Think about the time you went to the Grand Canyon or you went to the Grand Teton. I, I remember looking at the Grand Tetons. Wow, amazing, really cool. Wow, I felt awe. And then it's like, oh, uh, wow, oh, yep. There they are, amazing, I feel awe. Okay. Uh, no, you, if that's the way you felt, then you didn't feel awe. That's not what awe is. <laughs> oh, no, dude. I don't, I that's not what awe distinctly, is. I think about this all the time. Here's my example. Crater Lake, Oregon. Should definitely see it. Everyone should take their chance to see Crater Lake. If you get a chance to go there, check it out. You've got to go. It's just amazing. The blue is so blue. It's such a unique uh, topology, it's unique fine. geology. It's crazy. It's a bad example then because you, it's not that awe You look at it. You look at it. You feel awe. You feel awe, and that lasts about 30 seconds to a minute. And then you're left there feeling like an idiot. Because what are you going to do now? You're there at Crater Lake. You're in the middle of nowhere. You oh, get Healy, ice cream you're way or a T-shirt or something. Your problem is now. That's let me it. Speak, the awe is you're, over. The awe washed Healy, right over you. Whereas you, relief can last a day. Relief can last the rest Healy, of your life. I still have can, relief about stuff that happened to me in high school. I'm you're still feeling the relief. Okay, can I can I respond to this because this is outlandish? You're criticizing <laughs> not the experience of awe, but the experience An of going to a place. Challenge. Can, yeah. I, I'm trying to take this seriously, and it's like <laughs> okay. I don't. If you don't want to debate, then we don't have to do this. But I'm trying to take. I'm trying to like actually argue on the merits of the case. Go ahead. You're criticizing the experience of going to Crater Lake and not the actual experience of awe. If you are only experiencing awe for 30 seconds, all the more reason why the feeling of awe is that much more of a incredible feeling than relief. The, its scarcity makes it that much more valuable. I would also add to that. When's the last time you felt awe for like an hour? Have you ever? And you felt I'm not sure I ever have. Days. When was the last time you felt sexual release for an hour? You never have. That's part of the well, one of the reasons why it's a it. top five feeling. I mean, it's a great example. I'm glad you mentioned how how rarely we feel awe, because that's what part one of the great reasons why it's such a heightened feeling, why it's a top fiver, without doubt. Did you know that experiencing awe can reduce inflammation in your body? There are studies that prove that. Oh, are Show you me kidding? You don't think relief eliminates inflammation? Are you crazy? Again, of course it does. No. Well, show I'm me sure studies, studies that shows that. that well. Also, I would tell you that, like, again, to experience relief, you first have to experience something negative that probably increased, if anything, inflammation yes, or the bittersweet or cocktail of life, Dave. Well, what what does that say about? I mean, I, I I wrote this down when you said it that like this is to you is one of the points in favor of relief is that it's quote a reminder of the badness of life. I don't understand why you need that to be part of a good thing to be reminded <laughs> of bad things. It's I'll the take poignancy. my good things unfiltered. I'll take my it's top fives without reminders of of badness. That's my closing statement. Oh, Healy, okay. do you have anything to add? No, I think we I think we covered it. I mean, I feel I feel I feel like I made a strong case, and I feel like Dan's going to reward me for it. <laughs> well, sadly. Healy, I, I, I don't think either of you made it a, a hugely strong case, Dave. I, I think we needed to. I think you got stuck on awe, but that could I will be. say, you know, right? But um, here's the thing: uh, he granted me four, so I felt like if I could push the fifth, 
then just I win. One. Maybe I, if maybe you I misinterpreted. Me like three to make sure that yeah, you know, we were I wish there. I had in hindsight. I, I wish I had. Okay, what other ahead. two would we have thrown in there? I don't know. Yeah, it's um, tough. Would but you rather see I'm, the Grand Tetons or not have to go to your wife's like work party? Obviously the second one, right? No, we just covered yeah. this. <laughs> I'd much rather see the Grand Tetons. So by the way, I, I like, was really they're not there with you. exclusive. You can do both. Yeah. You can do both. Also, someone might be relieved at not having to go see the Grand Tetons. That's possible too. I don't know. I think my heart is with my heart is with Steve on this because boy, I do love a good relief. But I don't know if that's because you made the case or because I just love to feel relieved. Right. Right. That's always the that's the moderator's dilemma, they call that. You know. A lot of um cognitive scientists are working on how to how a moderator can think clearly without his own biases. I think Kahneman's been working on how to solve the moderator's dilemma. (laughs) <laughs> Did we leave any, were there any um, feelings that I left on the table or that you felt like, does anyone have any other noms for the top five? I'm hard pressed to think I think, think all of was them. a good he, pick. I thought I, all was creative and I like that. Well, I had written down joy and some version of sex before, as like right before you mentioned those. And then you threw love and laughter in them. And, and those are pretty hot. I don't know that those are like feelings exactly. No, those are sure. What else even is Dave, would you there? Lump what do in experiencing, experiencing? Would you lump in like experiencing beauty is the same as awe or the different? I mean, they're, they're pretty close. You mean like what? Just like seeing a great painting? Like what if you've something? seen the Grand Tetons? What if you live in Jackson Hole? You see the Grand Tetons all the time. When you see them, you don't have awe necessarily, but you're still, you get a kick out of it. I don't know. That's interesting because there's like, that reminds me of the sort of like, or like, there's a sort of like humility of understanding one's place in the world that comes with awe. And then mm. there's a, and then there's an appreciate, then there's like an appreciation of beauty or just like an overwhelmed feeling of emotion or something just pure that comes with awe. I don't know how to put it. I yes. don't, maybe they yes. all kind of overlap. Transcendence. What about like exhilaration? Skiing down a mm. really challenging. Mm, that's a good one. That mm-hmm. would have been good. Ah. <sighs> Even just well, what skiing, the, just the feeling of <laughs> what <is> skiing. <laughs> <laughs> what is the um, name for the feeling that you get when you like win a football game or whatever? Mm, triumph. Mm, yeah, Maybe. Triumph. triumph. That's a good yeah, feeling. It's a triumph fiber. is cool. Ooh. What about like or, vengeance or justice? Yes, vindication. Oh, vindication nothing is so better. Good. That might be uh, a top three. If we're yeah, going to be yeah. honest, that's a good feeling. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I'll take vindication, vindication. over laughter. I'll, I mean, I the pleasure of vindication. Part maybe. of the pleasure of this podcast, I think, is courting possibilities for vindication mm. and, tri- mm. and triumph. Mm. Relief oh. does come up though. Sometimes I'm relieved when I get away with a sort of. Sh- Wobbly. Yep. Yep. (laughs) That's why we get here. That's why we tangle in the debate ring is to feel all of these feelings in some one way or another. Speaking of uh, tangling. Yeah. yeah. Should we try to like, should we toast chat or should we just let another one rip? Maybe we should just go right into another one. Let's let another one rip and then we'll see what kind of host chat. I feel like we, that was a little host chat break in and of itself. And now we need to. That Get was a respirator so, for me. I mean, I've got another topic 
for yeah. Healy to take the pro on. Okay. And uh, this one is simple. The topic is billboards work. Okay, guys. Why do they do them? Why do they have them? Why is the highway littered with them? Because they work. I, I, th- this topic speaks to me personally because just recently I watched the movie uh, Power of the Dog. Never would have bothered to watch it except that I kept seeing billboards for it. There it was. I got reminded. It's not even like persuasion. It just got reminded of it a couple times. And so finally I was like, I better see this movie. There's, you know, they're advertising it and here it is. Billboards work. How about this? You live here in California. You ever driven down the five? You've heard of Anderson's pea soup. You've heard of it. You've thought of going there, haven't you? Now, like, have you been there? Maybe, maybe you haven't, but you've heard of it. The idea of stopping there has occurred to you, and that's because billboards work. How about the one that says, like, a Dairy Queen, uh, you know, exit 39? Again, maybe you'll stop there. Maybe you won't. It doesn't work 100% of the time, but will there? Will it cause a reaction? Will your kids in the back start asking about going to Dairy Queen? Absolutely. Will you think about it? You sure will. What about those like controversial, uh, strange billboards, you know, an odd political advertisement, an unusual uh, like furniture celebrity kind of guy or like a personal injury lawyer? You think about it. It occupies your mind space in a way that I think a TV commercial doesn't even really capture you. It's certainly not a radio ad. I mean, there was even that movie, Three Billboards Outside uh, Ebbing, Missouri, whatever, about uh, the effectiveness of billboards. They just create that you have to respond to them. You have to, they <laughs> seize part of your mind and you have to deal with Come it. On, man. <laughs> <laughs> I just imagine flipping to like the, like the, the description of the movie when you put, turn on your TV on HBO or whatever says a movie about the effectiveness of billboards. You'd be like, that's not what this fucking movie's about. Get that's a here, powerful man. story about billboards. <laughs> And the place Stop they occupy. That. <laughs> <laughs> Dave, let's hear the counterattack. You don't like okay. billboards. Well, you do, first you think of all, they, the age- they don't work, and we're all just wasting cardboard. Well, I don't like billboards, but that's a separate deal entirely. Obviously, I think they, you know, take up a place in our mental environment and they're more harmful than they are good. And I applaud states like Maine where billboards are illegal. And I was in favor of all the Los Angeles, you know, Los Angeles, we live in one of this is a digression, but we live in one of the few places that has put uh, limits in place on how many billboards you can have, believe it or not, um, because it, it was due to the the like proliferation of billboards in L.A., but they eventually said, like, enough is enough and we have too many. And I'm all for legislation that limits the amount of billboards you have. Anyway, all this is to say, why do we do them, you ask, if they don't work? Well, like, as if everything that we do and everything that uh, small and large businesses do is simply because they work. Well, not so. Like, they don't. there's no actual evidence that these things work. Here's the problem. There's no way to prove that business is being driven by billboards. Why is that? Because you have to self-report and people don't, when people are self-reporting on why they came to a certain business, they're often lying. What would happen, and this is, I admit, I'm sort of like speculating here, but I think this is pretty easy to imagine that when people are in, what do you call it, marketing surveys or whatever, they're like, how'd you find out about our business? Instead of giving the honest answer, which is like, I was referred to by a friend or like um, I looked online or whatever it is. If it's a business that already has a number of billboards, they're inclined to go like, oh, yeah, I did it because of the billboards. Like if it's called Jacob in Los Angeles or whatever, it might be just because they saw the billboard. And so they're like making up this narrative in their head that they called the place because they saw the billboard. Another thing is that like not billboards. We also live in a place where like 
kind of famously billboards are often purchased just for like an audience of one, like the, all of the, for your consideration ads and billboards that go up, a lot of them are strategically purchased so that specific people are seeing them just so that they think that promotions are being bought and money is being spent for their particular campaigns. So those billboards that can don't be a work. form They're of working. Work. They, no, 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 Dave, you're assuming what you think the purpose of the billboard is. That could be a very effective use of the billboard to reach an audience of one. Oh, well, that this is great. If, at oh, hitting that one person and really, flattering them. A gift you've just given me. If you're agreeing to the idea that billboards working sometimes, does not necessarily yeah, mean that it's driving they, business, well, then to that I would say absolutely now we can talk about the things that I mentioned earlier, which is that to a larger extent, billboards are a failure. They get they they create traffic jams. They create accidents. They take up the skyline. They're ugly. So if Those you're are unfortunate say like, side effects, but they're not failures to the goal of, you, you brought up Call Jacob. How, who would have ever heard of Call Jacob if there weren't billboards all over town that say Call Jacob? Everybody well, knows about Call Jacob. He's a lawyer here in L.A. If, you don't, if you've never seen his billboards here in L.A., we're talking about a, he's a personal injury lawyer, right? Something like okay, that. Okay, so he's as a billboards matter of all fact, over the place. Everybody's familiar with him. You've right. heard and of him. So, if you had a personal uh, injury lawyer, he's one of the first guys you'd think of. Okay, so I'd like to rebut this um, with a specific example, which is that I, for years, uh, had heard the uh, Call Jacob um, jingle on like sports talk radio, uh, call Jacob, call Jacob, that thing. Now for, and there are also billboards everywhere, right? Um, for years, I thought that what they were saying was called Jacob and Ronnie. And only recently did I find out that they're actually saying called Jacob M. Ronnie, which is his name. And uh, I didn't know this, despite the fact that there are billboards all over Los Angeles and I had heard uh, radio ads for him. So they certainly didn't work on me. I understand that's a small uh, subset of the people that they're trying they to target. But since putting you asked, the call Jacob into your brain, name another personal injury lawyer. No, I'm saying the radio ads did. I didn't even know they had billboards for the same guy. I'd driven around LA for years and never know and never put it together. Okay, good. Two phased approach by, by Jacob. Okay, but you asked, I mean, I'm sorry, I was just rebutting the very point that you asked me to rebut. If that wasn't good enough for you, I don't know what else to tell you. I think that you're you're calling to mind one of a noted example here in LA that it got it gets in your head. Look, you, it got to you through radio ads. I agree. There's often multiple ways to advertise, but look, billboards are effective. That's why Burger King's using them, In and Out's using them. They tell you the exit. They often have valuable information. I don't even think billboards are necessarily bad. I think when you're driving, you could use a little bit of distraction, something to ponder on. Oh, Veronica's insurance. Oh, tr- interesting. I wonder how what? she makes a living. And then she's pointing at me. She's got the dog over there. It's looks, is she the same as Monica's insurance? I don't know. I don't know. Okay. Well, I'm, and, you so know, you and I down have three different feelings like about this. I prefer to not be <laughs> persuaded what to think by corporations when I'm taking road trip and Healy doesn't have enough <laughs> on his mind and can't entertain himself enough and needs Veronica's insurance to give him something to think about. So if that's I like part to of take what in from the energy of the world, down, I lo- you've opened this up, not just to driving business, but like entertaining people on, on road mm. trips, I would suggest that they don't work or at the very How least about those that they're like, that are like resilience, pass it on. You know, I, I feel like I've seen an uptick in resilience since those started coming out. And there's the, you know, you'll see a billboard. It's got like Malala on there. And it's like, oh, yeah, Malala. And you, you go through your day thinking a little bit. You're just a little brighter. That's why the ad cancel uh, bothers with them. I'm not sure if you're serious or not, that be, that you think that people actually think about Malala when they see her on a billboard like six yes, hours when earlier. when they see a big, huge billboard of her, they do think about her. It works. <laughs> you can't not look at it. 
But okay, well, I've again like driven. Pa- I don't. I didn't. I, is Malala actually on a billboard? I don't know if you're like being serious or not. Totally. That, like, yeah, that's she's a on real one of those thing. like ad council billboards. I don't know. Maybe it's on the ten or someplace where you don't drive. But my sure, main experience a with billboards with in my life is people mocking billboards and ridiculing billboards and saying like, "Ugh, have you seen that billboard?" That's like, and everyone goes, "Yes, yes the one at Pico." Another form. It might be annoying, but it's another form of effectiveness because the people, Dave, you're you're giving okay. it away. The people that you're talking to have also seen it. You're talking about it. It's in the. They've gotten their message out. Good or bad, well, effective or not, they, they've done the, the mission. Effective of or their not. So out. you're saying that whether it's effective or not, it's still working. I if disagree with you. I think that if it's annoying it people, it's not working. That doesn't put, have you ever stopped going somewhere because you hated the billboard so much? I don't. I'd love have to. Have I ever that. stopped going somewhere? No, have you I've also not, never gone, not gone somewhere, somewhere because, because of the billboard. billboard. I don't know. I think it's good. But I think you've you're, also you're said that crediting yourself with a little too much independence of mind. I think these concepts are getting in there. You are admitting they're getting in there, and eventually they're going to work. Okay, well, let's go case. there. If you're suggesting, again, myself. you've already stipulated that part, part of this argument is not just whether or not it's driving business, right? You're saying that there's a larger argument to be made for billboards working. Now, if you're also saying yeah, consciousness that consciousness Okay, so what actually what you're basically implying is that this is like subconsciousness raising. What you're saying is that billboards are getting into our head without us knowing it and making us do things that like we're not even aware of the reasons why we're doing it. I would suggest to you that that is in a larger sense not working, that that is evil and that is disruptive and also like in a basic fair market world is not what we call perfect information where every where all the consumers have the same amount of information of people making choices like this is what capitalism is based on is that the consumer is making a perfect choice based on perfect information and if people are doing it for subconscious reasons then you don't have a fair market and that's bad for economic reasons which i don't care about nearly as much as the fact that like people are being brainwashed We're on their way to they're work good or bad i'm willing to even concede they might be bad but they're effective. Okay. They get their messages across. They put their messages in your head. They work. Right. But you also said that they're, you did qualify your argument in a good, bad axis when you said that, like, they give you something to think about and that they have a larger purpose than just, like, helping drive business to the place that the billboard the, is designed The goal for. of a billboard is to penetrate your consciousness with, with a message. I don't think you've given us any evidence that they don't succeed in doing that. In fact, you've joined me in pointing out cases where they do. That's true. Yeah, it's, I, it's up to Dan to decide whether that means they work or they don't, or they're a failure of human invention. Mm. Well, <clears throat> Dave, I think um, I think you did a good job at the very beginning talking about the idea that there really isn't a good way to prove whether or not billboards drive business. Um, hmm. And for a minute, I felt a tug <laughs> in that direction. But this is never the reality <laughs> is that, the, you know, we. I think, unfortunately, the Jacob thing really unraveled for you. <laughs> oh, and no. We, we just, we know about Jacob because of these billboards. And oh, I would that argue hurts. that anyone in L.A. knows about Jacob, and anyone who's not in L.A. knows about somebody like Jacob because of a billboard, unless they live in Maine. Now, what little I know about advertising is that, like, the most 
important thing in like identifying a brand is that you've heard of it a few times. So it's not necessarily that like it directs you to go into the store, but just that you have name recognition when the time comes to make the decision or whatever. And so in that sense, I do think maybe that billboards work. Now, what I kind of wanted to hear about was how effective are they? And this is how you maybe could tweak the work argument. How effective are they on sort of a dollar per dollar basis? You know what I mean? Like, how much does it cost to get a billboard and how many heads does it turn? And do they like financially work? Here's the problem, right? But, you know, like they... Yeah. Of course billboards fucking work. How am I supposed (laughs) to argue against this? You think McDonald's isn't going to spend a billion dollars on billboards if they don't know that that it's worth it for them to drive a certain amount of traffic to their restaurant? Of course they fucking work. It's an uphill battle. Yeah, they're great. They're like, they're the most direct targeted advertisements you can get. Oh, you're on the road and you're hungry? Here's a billboard to tell you where (laughs) to get. But then again, there's a lot of billboards that don't work like anderson's pea soup is an exceptional billboard right mm-hmm. it's a one mm-hmm. and it's like the first billboard that healy mentioned because it's the only one that anyone ever remembers except maybe for <laughs> jacob <laughs> right. uh, you know like and yeah. and then there's hundred thousand other billboards that you know no one pays attention I think Anderson's pea soup, soup? for me, it has the effect Dave was getting at, which is every single time it's just causes 20 minutes of like, who the fuck wants pea soup right now? Like, are you crazy? Why does it, why does this exist? Yeah, I've been there. Which one did you go to? You must have been in the one upstate, right? Yeah, it's like on the 152 or something. Yeah, it's way up there. It's fine. It's It's like, it's kind of sad. Yeah, yeah. It's terribly sad. Yeah, it's a bummer. <laughs> it's what they should I stop spending like, money on billboards and renovate the place <laughs> and just fix the place up. Yeah. I wondered, like, was there ever a moment when this place was hopping, and what was mm. that like? And mm. could that have been a cool day? But not, not at like ten o'clock at night when I went through. No, 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 no. Should great well, debates take out a billboard, and if so, where? Mm. Um, first, you know, gut instinct, no, really bad idea, wouldn't, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. <laughs> wouldn't do much for us. But then again, I don't know, maybe it's the kind of thing where, like, if we did, we should get it, I guess, outside of, like, uh, like, near an agency building or something, mm. just so that we're, okay, like, okay, yeah, we're, we're on the lips and minds of, uh, the deal yeah. makers of LA. Yeah. Ugh, I hate that. I'm like outside that. CBS or maybe a little okay, further, that, you know, like, you know, people driving out to the beach or something. I well, mean, it's honestly, probably not cost effective, but Healy, what? let's be real. Yeah. The best yeah. bang for our buck is we get a billboard in Needham, Massachusetts and, our our family sees it and they're a little happier that's That's the best that's the best version of it sorry medina we can we might be able to spring for one up in uh, davis or winners i don't know it's gonna be tough i guarantee you if we had a billboard in la everyone we know would see us everyone when they saw us they'd say hey i saw your billboard they would see that would be nice you know it would work (laughs) in that sense (laughs) <laughs> maybe they we should great. approach jacob about doing like a call jacob great debates mashup billboard uh, where like he uh-huh. takes most of the cost but we just get a little corner of it 
And we and or it's like call Jacob as heard as discussed on the great as heard on great debates. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) Yeah. as meaninglessly discussed on the great debates podcast. Is this host chat? It feels like it is. Yeah, we could get the ad council to devote one of those like courage pass it ons to debate friendly debate pass it on, and there's a picture of us. Well, you know what's crazy is that I believe that those ads, the thing where it's like blank pass it on, that's just yeah. one guy. Like the, that's not the ad council. That's a guy, a rich dude, I believe, who just like because he makes commercials too, right? Where it's like a bas like the ball goes off of a basketball player, and he like does the honest thing, and is like that was off me, ref. And his coach is like, what are you doing? He's like, I got to tell the truth. Like, you don't, do you know what I'm talking about, those ads? Uh, I can, it's like, sure. I know the type of thing, yeah. And it's just like a rich dude who's like, I, I want to teach Americans values. Cool. Know. Cool That's mission. Cool. He made his money selling <laughs> missiles to the Defense Department. Let's talk about um, Medina's bread. That's what I want to hear about. Oh, yeah. We're in host chat, and we were promised some bread uh, conversation from Dan. Dan, you're part of the bread fad. How did we get to passion. bread? Yeah, we're part of the bread fad. Oh, you guys asked how my wife is doing, and she's doing great, and she's making bread. What I basically, my life has been changed, but for the better, by in many ways by my marriage. But one of them is uh, that we eat only, exclusively homemade bread. That's amazing. A pandemic success story, like. I, I I cannot remember the last time that we ate bread that was not made here unless it was a sandwich that was bought out in the wild. I want to see you eat some store bread and have to deal with that. It would it would I would be sad about it. I would feel let down. I would take a left turn and eat a burrito instead, for sure. But it's also it's an incredibly it's like a real rhythm to the day here there's the starter every day wow there's the the dough day there's leading up to the dough day so there's the leaven and that whole thing and then and then there's the dough day and then there's the bake wait what happens on dough day dough day is like the making of the dough and so sal has to be like in you know in and around the dough most of the day with, mm, with like zone. three hour breaks, the dojo, the dojo, the dojo, the dojo. and then the dojo bake day starts at six a.m. with the with the oven going on, and then and then the bake happens, and then I usually I wake it. up smelling the bre- the bread being baked, which is incredible, <laughs> and then what a way to and then there it is for breakfast. Oh my Boom. god! Wow. So that's my story about the bread. It's a positive, uplifting story, I think. Can are you tell you us kidding? about the best sandwich you've made with this bread? Okay, there are two great sandwiches. He's got two one, right off the bat. Yeah, he's one, got two sandwiches loaded. I love one is it. just a tuna sandwich. Another thing that Sally's really good at is making a tuna sandwich, and it's a bright, bracing, briny crunchy tuna sandwich that oh. always just is like on the bread. Oh, wow. It's really Yeah, Now, is that like a tuna salad or is that just like a yeah, tuna, ch- tuna, tuna salad? salad. Yeah. yeah. Yum. Uh, tuna salad. Capers and celery in there. Yum. 
So then the other sandwich is this sort of like ripoff of the um, the Ira Glass from Wax Paper. Uh, uh huh. Yeah. That? In Frogtown. And yeah. this is like a yeah, it's like a shaved uh, uh, cucumber and mm. and sprouts and pickled onions and avocado. Um, mm. They do it with cheese. We do it without cheese, and and it's I'm probably missing another important ingredient, but that is a great. Two great listeners. Man. If you're out there making bread and One sandwiches, bread. let us hear about it. Hit us up in the mailbag. We want to know about the breads mm. you're doing, the salads you're doing. Talk to us. <laughs> you know where to find us. Uh, great debate 69 at Gmail. Speaking of, I wanted to open the mailbag briefly. We got more emails than we ever have. I think about the Mario uh, Luigi. Debate. Oh yeah. One what? after another. Um, Christine <laughs> Dignan says, I'm so glad you shared it. I've never played Mario Kart, but I'm familiar with the name super Mario brothers. And I too failed to make the brother connection. Right. To me, the yeah. debates about a okay. sh- are about a shared love of rhetoric, instantaneous creativity, and a willingness to discover the Mario brothers debate delivered on all three measures. Oh, Jenny Turknet says, so glad you're back. I never laughed as hard as I did with this episode. Glad you published it with the brothers debate. Yeah, Dustin Goldklang sends us a video. Can you just use real names? Because Turknet and Goldklang, (laughs) obviously these are like witness protection names we need to get. Goldklang (laughs) sends us a video of a professional Mario player who lays out a theory that Mario and Luigi are not, in fact, actually brothers. Um, No kidding. Yeah, uh, uh, it looks like a fairly long clip. I haven't watched it yet. Mm. Apologies to that. But Mark Schelling weighed in with, I think there's an argument to be made that the name Brothers could simply be a business title, just as the members Mm. of the Mamas and the Papas were not all parents when the band formed. I think over time, the title of Brothers came to be true for them both. Interesting. There you go. So a sampling of our emails about uh, Mario and Luigi, a hit debate. Steve. Were those all the um, the vindicating ones? Oh, I don't think we had any that were like, you guys are stupid. Uh, <laughs> I'm looking here. We yeah. no, got no hundreds. Like, I deleted them instantly. <laughs> Dave snuck in in the night because he likes to protect me. Um, but hey, we're not here to talk about bread and mail. We're here to do debates. Tell oh, us you got one more first. One? Yeah, I think we so. We got one more. One more okay, let's, let's do a little one. Whew. Heels. Heels has had a couple of, uh, you know, uh, what is it called? Softballs tossed at him. I'll say. Okay. Okay. I don't know. Relief. Yeah. You know, that was a, that was a good one. Bill Give Bird. me a tough one. I'll find my way out of a bag. Okay. Yeah. Here you go. You ready? Yeah. Uh, heels taking the pro. It's better to be an octopus than a koala. I'm Steve Healy taking the pro. You've never heard a song about a koala having a good time. You have heard one about an octopus <laughs> in his garden. The octopus is intelligent and they can Not make a I little we garden. Going. They have eight legs and they can arrange a little spot for themselves. And they do. You've, we've all seen octopus teacher. That octopus is chilling down there. It makes a little spot. He's uh, smarter than his competitors at the bottom of the ocean floor, having a very chill time at the bottom of the ocean floor can move around in all kinds of interesting ways can go up on land the koala, while cute and pleasing to the human eye, actually suffers a really tough time 
They sleep a lot. Um, they're in those eucalyptus trees, which burn like crazy. You remember those big wildfires they had in Australia? That's a part of the life cycle of the eucalyptus forest. And we've also maybe you guys have seen the videos of uh, koalas with the, coming into the shelter because they're a little scorched from the fires. And those are the lucky ones. I mean, you don't want to be a koala. It's tough. You're up in the tree. You're asleep. And you're in danger. And a very serious danger is you get grabbed and you get put in one of those koala cuddling places and you have to hug tourists for uh, the rest of your life, which, and then of course there's the fact that as you probably heard, if you uh, read, you know, your Reddit and stuff that something like 90% of koalas have chlamydia. It's a tough life for koalas. Although they're pleasing to the human eye, they don't have the ingenuity, the inventiveness, the privacy, uh, or the, the fulfillment that the octopus has. So I think that that's why we celebrate the life of the octopus in song. And the koala is more something for the human to enjoy, but not a life you'd wish to experience, Dave. I mean, which would you rather do? Stone cold chill, sleep, hang out, relax all day long in a tree, or constantly be worried about being attacked underwater, hide, change the color of your skin, I think maybe. I'm not sure if octopus do that so that predators don't get after you. I mean, you referenced my octopus teacher. That octopus died. Sorry for people who haven't seen it. But, like, that octopus was murdered. Which is better, to be murdered or not to be murdered wait, by wait, wait. another Wait, wait, wait. Does it animal? die or do we just, does he just never see it again? Maybe it moved because it was too he, sick of being annoyed. You're by right. He never sees it again. But I think he yeah, assumes that he okay. died because he was being he was being chased the whole time by predators. Doesn't he get like he's in it? He's attacked at one point. It's horrible. So you know all of the things that you. I don't want to disparage uh, octopus. Like they're an incredible animal, and all of these amazing features that the octopus has, I think, actually speak to the difficulty of being an octopus. So it's adaptiveness, it's courageousness, it's like sort of on-the-move lifestyle, it's surreptitiousness. All of these things suggest a unfun life, a life of avoiding trouble. The koala's life is fucking high in the sky, man. It's like, I think it's, aren't they basically like sedated by the eucalyptus leaves? Like, these guys have no worries in the world they're they are as you said cute as hell which is not just uh, a benefit to the humans but to the other koalas i'm sure that the other koalas like being surrounded by cute looking things all day like that rules mm, they have a nice we don't family know that they're structure cute to each they might be hideous to each other the uh, the life of the octopus is a lonely one they don't hang out with other octopus koalas on the other hand are always chilling together it's basically like no, if no, you're a koala it's the equivalent quite- of you're basically like smoking weed and watching movies with your friends all day. That's what you're uh, doing. You, That's see, I, did, I was t- gonna bring this up I, because I saw you going here, and you're, so, you know, it's so it's for a 14 year old. Yeah, being stoned and chilling all day is better. Yeah, that's way cooler. But actually, we all know from living life and experiencing it. I know our listeners know this. Like, the real joy and fulfillment in life comes from taking on challenges, from using your abilities to their maximum. From facing obstacles. That's a much more satisfying way to live than getting stunned and hanging out in a tree yeah, all day. Healing, that would, which is what that the koala would be a does until a fire comes if, along and That would be a decent argument if we were talking about people. But we're not. We're talking about a koala or an octopus. A koala doesn't care if it's like made something of itself. A koala doesn't have a name and a legacy to leave to the world. We're talking about animals that just want to survive and not have a tough day. Who don't want to have to like exert themselves 24 hours a day just to survive. That's what a good life is to an animal. 
This I think if you did a, a poll, Pixar movie, Healy. If you did a poll of the octopus and the koala, and the octopus, okay, who's to say I have studies from studies, the octopus is pretty close to being able to answer simple questions like this. The octopus would rate its satisfaction very high because it's it's living at the absolute edge of its potential all the time, and that's exciting and thrilling. Whereas the koala is just it's nature's teddy bear. It's bounced around. It has no agency. It waits for a fire to destroy its home. It sits up there getting stoned, sure, and that's kind of nice every once in a while, but as a lifestyle, it's going to get tiresome, and the koala, that's probably why the koala sleeps all day, because he's a little sad, uh, a little depressed, a little low energy, whereas the octopus is alive. And really, what is there but being truly and fully alive? Anyone who's ever seen an octopus knows that they're truly and fully alive. They're active. They're engaged. They're engaged with their environment. They're they're shaping their environment. And the koala is just sitting up there waiting for something bad to happen to it. You're That's why it's better to be an octopus you, than a koala. You are, I hate to say this, but you are like so close to like a Jordan Peterson type like lobster <laughs> argument about how like the the octopus is like something to strive for. You continue to give the octopus and the koala like they, they don't have lifestyles, Wait, man. They that? just have lives. Like that's just the way they are. They haven't chosen this path. They're not like characters in a movie, dude. Like <laughs> oh man, I think it's much better to be a koala. You know what? Honestly, like even if you are. Even if they were people, I would rather be a koala because you're going to live longer. You have less stress in your life. You're not trying to survive. Also, like you keep like the octopus live on the edge of life in danger. No, they spend yes. a lot of time like hold up on the floor of the ocean or like in a tiny like the like yeah, the I, I would argue, piece by the of way, coral that's like almost too even small if the measure to fit their bodies. Chilling, it's a nightmare. The octopus has plenty of time to chill. Don't they're worry not about chilling. If they're the goal hiding. They're scared out no, they're, of their minds. Also, octopus get eaten they're... by people. We don't eat koalas, which, I mean, that to me is a point in favor oh, of the but koala. We, I mean, the, the, there are a few koalas in the wild that are not in danger of being gawked at, captured for a zoo. Gawked uh, at? The koala is not sick. Yeah. Oh, well, that's it right there. Disturb, I mean, if the biggest danger a koala faces is being gawked at, <laughs> and the biggest <laughs> danger an octopus <laughs> faces is ending up on the plate at uh, Jose Serrano's in a paella, then we, I'll take the how koala. How can we measure the comparative experience of these two animals? What, do we, what measure do we use? We use who is more alive. And the octopus is unquestionably more that. That's alive. That's not the answer to the question. You have to let Medina decide. You can't just say, here's how we measure the question. That's crazy. Well, let's let That's like decide. me going like, how do we determine which has a better life, a koala or an octopus? Which one is more common in Australia? And it's the koala. The koala is much more common. Like, you're just picking an arbitrary thing. Which one is more alive? They're both very alive. Like, they're animals. <laughs> Oh, oh Medina, I have more to add. <laughs> I love that today. I thought that was fantastic. And I think listeners are going to agree. And here's part of why. You know, first of all, it's a vigorous debate about, you know, the octopi, octopuses and koalas. But also, Healy really came out swinging. He had a beautifully succinct opening statement. I felt <laughs> that it was dynamic and... And um, I thought that it ended uh, very beautifully. Mm. Um, and so I was like, oh, Dave is fucked, man. Uh, and this is going to be three for three. But no, Hardly. Dave came 
had no fear and gave us an, ex- an exceptional argument for why Quas is a better life. So I'm going well, with David. Thank you. You can't debate from Which a place of fear. Which is not to say, Ely, I mean, that you did a bad job. You did a great job. I mean, it's definitely better to be a koala. Who wants to be an underwater? <laughs> <laughs> I don't soft. know. Even the intelligence Eight. is worse. You'd rather not be a Eight little smart. Tentacles. Beautiful yeah, shape. Like it's more admirable or something, maybe, to be an octopus. It's, ad- but it's, it's like, definitely more admirable. Yeah, but definitely you want to be a koala, man. That's where it's at. Yeah. But we all want to be a koala. Who yeah. wouldn't want to be a koala? Well, Come on. <sighs> guys, I, I had done, a great right? time. I had a blast. Yeah, yeah it's me really, too. It's good seeing you guys. Oh, I'm going to go get in my um, eucalyptus tree. I need some leaves here. Love Make that. Leaves. And um, I'll see you guys real soon. And we'll see you all out there. Send us some mail. Tweet at us. You know, Hit us up. Great debate. Instagram your bread Gmail, and, and add us. Okay, guys. We'll see you next time on Great Debate. Bye-bye. The Great Debates is produced by Mark Caricello. The theme song was composed by Christopher Knight. The debaters are Steve Healy and Dave King. And the podcast is moderated by Dan Medina. In an octopus's garden in the shade He'd let us in Knows where we've been In his octopus's garden in the shade Accident or injury, call Jacob and Ronnie, call Jacob.